everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Hey, what's up, Join the Journey? It's me, Neil. I'm back. Uh, Emma's still not here. I still don't really know where she is. But that's not going to stop us from diving right into Luke chapter 20. Let me set the stage for where we were last time we were together. Jesus had just arrived in Jerusalem, which he had been working toward for the entirety, essentially, of the book of Luke. And he was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God that was to come and the heart of God, which was to seek and save the lost. The religious leaders of the day didn't love what he had to say. And we even pick up here in chapter 20, where they come to Jesus and they say, by what authority do you preach and teach the things that you say? And in classic Jesus fashion, rather than answering their questions saying like, well, um, I'm God and you're not, and I'm going to now smite you dead. Bye-bye. That's not what he does. He answers their question with a story, something called a parable, which is a story told to convey a meaning. And he tells this story of a master who had a vineyard and he rented this out to some tenants and they were wicked tenants. And the master goes to tell them they were wicked and, and He doesn't go. He sends a servant and they treat the servant harmfully. And then the master sends another servant and they treat that servant harmfully. And then finally, the master sends his very own beloved son. And not only do they say, oh man, this is real, like the son of the master, like essentially the same authority of the master is here. We need to get our act together. They say, let's kill the son. And then the land will be ours. The inheritance will be ours and we can do whatever we want. And When Jesus tells this story, they pretty quickly understand that he's talking about them, that he's telling them a story of what has happened up to this point, that God gave his people Israel the opportunity to reflect a good God in Israel to the watching nations. And Israel went their own way. They focused on the law more than they focused on the giver of the law. And they lived in ways that they thought were true and right and added God's law to it. Essentially, they added to God's law and made it something that it was never supposed to be. And along the way, God would send people called prophets to them saying, repent and turn back to God. But if you don't, there will be consequences. And they didn't. And then he would send another prophet and another prophet and another prophet. And eventually there was a 400-year period of silence where the people didn't hear from God. And rather than counting the cost and saying, man, I think that the way that we are making the law, the main point is a problem. They thought, you know what we should do? We should make more laws. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that where, I don't know, maybe your life is not going the way that you want it to go, or maybe you feel distant from God. And rather than saying, God, would you draw near to me? I want to draw near to you. Like break me and make me more like you. Oftentimes, if we're honest, and I know I can say this has been true in my own life, we say, man, I'm not feeling close to God. Time for me to get my act together and work through it. And friends, that has never been the heart of God, that God wants us to realize our inability so that we can realize that he is completely sufficient for everything we need. And these religious leaders, rather than realizing like, hey, in this story, like you are the one that has ignored what the master had to say, you have gotten it wrong. They had become obsessed with the esteem and respect that they had gained through their religious actions to a point where even when God himself came, they saw him as a threat. And in reality, like think in light of the story, when 
the master sent his son, it was not to pronounce judgment. It was to call them back to repentance. Friends, the heart of God has always been repentance. And I would argue the heart of God has always been to call his people back to repentance. And I would argue that when God sent Jesus, like the religious leaders had the chance to repent, to realize that the way that they had developed their lives to live in a way that they said was true and right and not that God said was true and right, that God was giving them a chance to repent, but yet they were too focused on who they were and what they could do. Here's the thing I want you to receive from this podcast episode. There will be those who try to convince you that religiosity, doing good things is the way to God, and it is not. Jesus even warns his followers at the end of the chapter. He says, beware of those who walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and love being seen doing good things and love the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts. I'm not going to lie. Being seen as a good, nice, kind, religious person feels good. But if our purpose of doing good, nice, kind, quote unquote, religious things is the feeling that it brings us in the moment, then it's just going to lead to long-term pain. And I would warn you that if you are struggling with, man, on Sunday when I'm doing good things, I feel great. But then during the week when I'm living my life, however I want to live it, it doesn't feel great. I would challenge you that the problem is not with the God of religion, it's with your religion. And what I mean by that is the God that we believe in is the purpose of why we do what we do. God is pleased with you. God loves you how you are. He drew near to you while you were still and still continue to be a sinner. And the basis of God's acceptance of you is not if you do holy things, but it is the basis of him sending his son living and dying for the very ones that put him on the cross and raising again three days later to leave your sin, your pain, your shame, and your brokenness in the grave. And all we have to do is believe in our heart that God raised from the dead, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we will be saved. Friends, if you find yourself trying to work your way to God, my call to you is this, repent, turn back to God because he loves you. He's crazy about you and he wants to know you. And he's not waiting for you to clean yourself up. So draw near to him. Get people in your life that will call you out when you use good things as a means of acceptance and identity. That was my story. I felt called to ministry full time since I was in eighth grade. And I genuinely feel that was a good thing that God put in my life. But for about 15 years, I made that my source of identity and acceptance. I worked full time in a church and all the while I was doing it for me and what other people would say about me rather than for the God that loves me. I was my own authority and that is a miserable place to be. If there's any way that we can walk with you and encourage you to serve the God who loves you in a way that he says is true and right, let us know. We would love to do that. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.